Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. The story that we're going to be looking at today um, is definitely about revisiting uh, emotions that can be sometimes very difficult and challenging to overcome. And we're going to take a look at this story and we're going to read from chapter 1, verse 1 in the book of Jonah. Let's take a look at this passage together. And it says that the Lord gave this message to Jonah, who is the son of Amittai. And it said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and instead of listening to the direction of God, he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord and what he had asked of him. And so then he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship that was leaving for Tarshish and he bought a ticket and he went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea and it caused a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate soldiers, uh, sailors, excuse me, shouted to their gods for help, and they threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. And so the captain went down after him, and he says, how can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God, maybe He will pay attention to us and he will spare our lives. And then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and then caused this terrible storm. And when they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? And then Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. And then the sailors, they were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, What should we do to you to stop this storm? And he said, throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. And instead the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. And then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. 
Oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Lord, you have sent this storm upon us for your own good reasons. And then the sailors picked Jonah up and they threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. And the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and they vowed to serve him. The story that we are looking at today is a story that starts off just like this. And we don't know the reasons why Jonah is running. And I like that we don't know yet what God is asking him to do and why. We just see that he's running. And all the reasons that Jonah has for running aren't made clear, but he's running. And he's running away from what God is asking him to do. I don't know if you've ever been asked to do something and someone gave you a reason and that reason just wasn't good enough. You didn't believe it. You didn't accept it. You didn't want to follow it. You looked at their reason and the reasoning behind it and you just said, this just isn't strong enough of an argument for me to do this. But enough of my marriage. Let's talk about this story that is about Jonah. Because with Jonah, we see that he was running, running away from God. And I think back on so many times in my own life where God was asking me to do something, but I just wasn't ready to do it. Asking me to give up something that I desperately wanted to still keep into my life. Things that I thought I needed and I just didn't identify with my life without it. And I thought if I gave this up, there'd be nothing to replace it. I loved it so much. I cared about it so much that there's no way that I could give it up. Sometimes I did that with the right motivation. Sometimes my motivation was, was tainted. It was unhealthy. It was even unrighteous. It was unholy. Sometimes what I wanted to keep into my life brought me pleasure, but I didn't see the pain that it was also bringing me. And holding onto it was making things worse, not better. But I didn't want to see that side of things. I just wanted to keep living my life the way that I thought I needed to do so the best way possible for me at that time. And I think many of us in this room can identify and understand that. Sometimes we're asked to stop something and we're given ultimatums and we're given them out of love, out of concern. We don't like the ultimatum and so we make an effort to change, we make an effort to stop. But we're doing it for someone that we love and someone who's asked us, people who care about us because they want the best for us, but we just don't have the inner strength to follow through. I think that Jonah was that kind of a person, a person who was called by God. He knew what his purpose was, but yet, he couldn't follow through because he didn't have 
the inner character to do so. One of the things I've understood about God is that it's not about doing the right thing and the wrong thing. It is about building our character to always live the right way. And once you understand that God is not telling you to stop things and start things and is asking you instead to be everything that he has created you to be, then you begin to understand what it means to be in a relationship with God. And often when we're in a relationship with God, we keep hearing about what we have to stop or what we have to start. But we don't understand what God is doing all along is that he is building our character so that we never, ever have to ask what we have to stop and start ever again because we'll be able to just live our best life for him and all those around us right now. And when God's bringing Jonah to the realization that him running away isn't going to be good for him and for others around him, we understand that what God is doing in bringing a storm into his life and into the lives of those sailors is that he's actually looking out for Jonah. And I don't always like the way that God looks out for me. I don't always appreciate the storms that he allows or brings deliberately into my life because I know that what God ultimately is trying to do is to build my character, but more than that, he wants to increase our capacity. God wants you to be so big, so huge in this world that he wants you to be able to hear from him, receive from him, and accomplish amazing things in his name. But he knows that if he doesn't build your character, he will never be able to increase your capacity. And so what God wants to do is increase your capacity. He wants to do exactly that, except that there's something standing in the way in Jonah's life for that to happen. Jonah would rather see his enemies destroyed and annihilated than forgiven. You see, the storm that is external is already internal. And the only thing God does is that he exposes the storm that is in Jonah's life by giving him a real physical storm to see so that he can actually see himself. When God sends storms into our life, it's because he wants to expose the storm that is already raging within us. The external storm is his way of getting our attention to the internal storm that has been raging all along. Jonah running away makes no sense when the storm is always within him. And in his case, what he wants is revenge. He wants retribution. He wants the people of Nineveh to pay. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that, where you wanted justice, you wanted people who had hurt you, people who had just brought tragedy and trauma 
into your life. You wanted them to pay. And to this day, you still want them to pay. You still feel like whatever they've gone through, it's nothing in comparison to what they deserve. And and you still can't let it go because you feel like it just hasn't gone far enough. Or maybe the justice hasn't come at all. And, And when we hold on to this feeling... We don't understand the the storm that this causes within us, but God knows. And the story of Jonah is about revealing that storm in a way that we might possibly miss in our own life if Jonah isn't brought through this so we can learn from him. And so the first thing I want to bring to our attention, because it's a beautiful chapter, it's a beautiful story, It's a short one and one that I'm sure if you read through it, you could definitely handle it. And if you get the chance, I would encourage you to do that. But the one thing I want to focus on right now is found in verse 3. And Jonah verse 3 says that Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. And what he did is that he went down to the port and he found a ship and he bought a ticket and he went on board and he was hoping to escape from the Lord. And what we see here is that when we run away from forgiveness, we are actually running away from the Lord. It doesn't feel like that to me because what I'm doing is that I'm just not forgiving a person. I'm just not forgiving an incident. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not letting go of something that's happened. So how could that be that I'm running away from the Lord? But what this story shows us is that every time we choose not to forgive, the person we are running away from first is actually the Lord. That changed everything for me. That changed my perspective on life, on all the things that happened to me. And that were done to me. The things that even today, if I'm not able to let them go, I remember this story. And I think to the fact that I'm not running away from forgiveness. I'm not just running away from that person or that situation or those circumstances. I'm actually running away from the Lord. I'm going in the opposite direction of what he has asked me to do. And I have boarded a ship, I have paid the ticket, and I've done all this because my interest is in getting away from the Lord. It seems foolish on Jonah's part to get away from God. He knows who God is. He's a prophet. He's called by him. He's teaching others about who the Lord is. So logically, he knows he cannot run away from the Lord, but he tries anyways. And I want you to see that in our lives, we can have a relationship with God, but still be running in the opposite direction of what he has asked us to do. And maybe it isn't just about forgiveness, and maybe it isn't just simply about seeing justice, but maybe it's about something else that he's asking us to give up, but we just won't do it because it's more important to us than obeying the Lord. When we run away from forgiveness, we are actually running away from the Lord. Because Jonah was asked to bring forgiveness to the people that he hated. 
And Jonah just couldn't do it. He wanted to see the Ninevites dead. Have you ever wished someone dead? The Bible says that when we call someone stupid, it's like wishing their murder. And Jesus would say that because he wants us to understand how serious it is to go against any of his children. And you're thinking, but, but there's, there's good kids and there's evil kids. Can't I just hate the evil ones? I think we already do that. <laughs> we already naturally hate the evil kids. I think we already naturally hate the evil adults. I think we already naturally find ourselves hating people. I think we already have a problem with this. And I don't think this is something that we have to like learn more about. I think it's something that we have to learn more about so that we can stop doing it. How about you? The problem isn't whether or not we do this. The problem is how do we stop? And what God does is that he puts it in perspective for us that even calling someone names is, 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 is looked upon by him as something that is as murderous in someone's heart. That's how much he cares about everyone. So Jonah hates this about God. He hates that he loves the Ninevites as much as he loves the Hebrews. And that's always been the hardest thing for me because I, I always felt this way. I always felt, God, if, if, when I follow you, when I give you my life and I decide to serve you, then I expect my life to be blessed more than everyone else's. I expect the protection level to be higher. I expect my Wi-Fi to be stronger. I want to be able to be anywhere in the world and get full bars no matter what. But what happens instead is that I often see myself kind of like suffering a little bit more than everybody else, at least through my own eyes. There's always someone who's suffering more, but, you know, first world problems. I mean, let's be honest. When we live where we live, we, you know, we make a big deal out of things that are not a big deal in comparison to what other people are going through. And so when we look at what's happening in the world, sure, we can always feel a little bit bad about what's happening there. But what about me and the fact that the price on Netflix went up again? This is crazy. And so when we look at what's happening in our lives and in our hearts, we begin to realize that God is trying to teach us something that's a lot more important than what we've been living and going through on the day-to-day. -day. And he's saying that there's something that we've been holding back, something that we have not been giving up. There's an understanding that we somehow feel that God should favor us more than others. And I want you to understand the difference between this concept of God's favor and his grace and how he wants to extend his favor and his grace to everyone. Amen. You already have God's grace and he wants to give you his favor through your obedience to all that he has given us to follow him. But he also wants to give his grace and his favor to everyone else. And so when we don't forgive, 
We are going against the very essence of who God is and his plan and his purpose for humanity. He is not just interested in building the kingdom of God in you. He's interested in us helping to build the kingdom of God in the world. And when we don't forgive, then we are holding God back from being able to build his kingdom even in the life of the person that we would least want to see forgiven. I always was shocked and surprised to see Jesus hanging on the cross. And one of the thieves that had gotten caught and was being crucified with him, that he would be able to turn to him so quickly and just say, on this day, because you have put your faith in me, you'll be with me in paradise. I always thought that is an amazing loophole in this whole thing. If I could only know when I was gonna die, then I could live the way I wanted, and at the very last second, just say, Jesus, I love you. Forgive me, I follow you for the rest of my minutes or seconds. Thank you for taking me with you into paradise. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it be? Like if you knew, right? If you knew, like this guy knew, like he knew, it was, it was just seconds, he was minutes away from dying. But look at how he missed out on an incredible relationship with the Jesus who was able to give him eternal life. See, if we think this is just about heaven, then we got it all turned around. See, God doesn't save us for heaven. He saves us for earth. And then one day, one day, we will bring all that God has expressed in his expression of heaven in the heavens and the earth. Amen. He is going to remake it and if we understand this, then we understand that God's purpose is to bring us into a relationship with him like never before. And so in Jonah, in chapter 1, verse 4, look at what it says. But the Lord did something. He hurled a powerful wind over the sea. He caused a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Because when we run away from forgiveness, here's what we're doing. We are actually running towards storms. And I, I want you to take a good look at your life and, and, and I want you to examine yourself before God and just say, Lord, are, are you telling me that the storms that I'm running into is because I'm not able to let this go? And the answer is yes, because that storm is within you. And what God does is that he manifests the storms that we keep running into so that we can let go of the storm that is raging within us. Get rid of that storm, he says. Listen to what I'm asking you to do. Let it go. Forgive. Move past. I will help you do that. You're not going to have to do this in your own strength. 
your own way. Whatever seems impossible to you now, you just keep giving that back to me over and over again. And here's what's going to happen. I will take care of the storm that is in you and then watch the storm that is around you finally be calm. And you know, they had to throw Jonah into the storm. They didn't want to. Actually, we see them trying everything. They're rowing. They're throwing whatever's on the boat into the ocean, into the sea. They're, they're, they're lightening the ship. They're doing whatever they can. But here's what that tells us. You can't get rid of the storm that is in you. At the end, they realized that the only way the storm was going to stop was that if they got rid of Jonah. Jonah was the reason why they kept having the storm. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but sometimes when we have people in our lives, all we get are storms. And sometimes we're just not with the right person. We're just, we're just not aligned the way that we need to be. And there's always a storm. And then we keep asking ourselves, what, what is God doing? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to make sure that there isn't a storm in you and stop just identifying a storm in another person. Sometimes the easiest thing we do is say, the storm is so-and-so. The storm isn't in me. No, no, they're the storm. Let me get rid of the storm, and, and, and that means that person, and then everything will be calm. But then there's a problem, though, because there's still something raging within you. That storm is still there. It isn't that person as much as you thought it was. It's actually still you. That's the problem. The problem isn't that person. The problem is you, and it's the way that you're dealing with the storm. At a certain point, Jonah realizes that he's the cause of the storm. He makes this incredible realization. But you know what's amazing is that before he made that realization, he was denying it all along. These guys were trying to figure out, even through their superstitions, they were casting lots. They had smooth stones with symbols on them, and they were like rolling them like dice on the deck in a storm trying to figure out who was responsible and they're looking at each other and everyone had their suspicion of who it was and then everything kept pointing to Jonah and I guess one of the stones had a J on it or something and they kind of figured out that none of them were like, you know, a J and that dude was a J and, and they went to him and they said, it's you, you're the reason, like, what did you do? And then they start asking him all these questions. And then all of a sudden you realize that the guy who's causing the storm is this most spiritual guy on the boat. He isn't the guy who's bringing calm to the situation. He's the one who's bringing the storm. And I am tired of seeing believers and followers of Jesus bringing storms wherever they go. Because they're running away from the Lord. And instead of bringing up his name, all they can do is bring it down. Instead of making sure the, the, the boat gets to the shore, they're just out there shipwrecking everybody. They're out there wrecking people's lives. And I want you to see that God doesn't want us to be that dude, doesn't want us to be that girl, doesn't want us to be that person who's out there living like Jonah. Jonah thinking that he's just like, you know, 
the man of God and, and the one who has the word and the one who can decide whether or not he brings that word to the Ninevites or not. And he's the one causing the storm in the first place. God wants us to be out there bringing peace. That's what he calls us to, to be peacemakers. He wants us out there making sure that we're handling our business so that the, the storm that is within us is under God's control and that we stop trying to control it and contain it and we keep trying to divert it and we keep looking at other people and trying to escape from it and trying to blame others for it. But God wants us to handle our business. Are you guys ready to do that? Because Jonah finally does. And you know what he does? He says, throw me into the sea. He finally owns up to it, but it took a long time because look at what happens in verse 5. Fearing for their lives, the desperate soul sailors, I don't know why I keep someone to say soldiers, it's twice now, shot into their gods for help and they threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah, look at this, he was sound asleep down in the hold. All this is going on and the guy's asleep. He's sleeping. And the reason he's sleeping is because when we are running away from the Lord, we are running into darkness. And listen to this, we are running into depression. This is what the storm causes. It doesn't matter what's happening around you because you already want to die. You listen to me. This is how bad it can get. This is how far it can go. This is what happened to Jonah. He doesn't care. When he says, throw me into the sea, the guy says, I can't kill myself. I was hoping that I would go down with this ship. So you guys do it for me. Do you understand what's happening in this story? I don't know if you ever saw Jonah as a suicide story. But today I am telling you, this is a story about a man who would rather die than forgive. He would rather his life came to a halting end than go to where God was asking him to go, to do what God was asking him to do. Jonah wants to die. And he would rather die than give in to what God is asking him. And sometimes we have this expression, you know, over my dead body. Anybody ever say that? <laughs> I mean, you don't actually mean it, right? Until you do. And, and, I, and I think that's what happened to Jonah. I don't think he, he meant it until he meant it. Until he got to that place where he was willing and ready to die. He didn't care anymore. That's why when a storm is raging, you can go fall asleep in the boat. You can go to sleep in the boat because you want to go down with it. And when they come and they ask him, what are you doing sleeping? Shouldn't you be praying to your God because that's what we're doing? They start asking questions about him because they don't understand how this guy could be asleep, not praying like everybody else. And then he says, I'm a Hebrew. And then he says, I believe in God. 
the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who sent the storm. And they're like, dude, are you crazy? Why aren't you doing something about this? And his answer is, just throw me into the sea. I'm not going to speak to God. Have you ever been so angry with God that you just stopped speaking to him? You just stopped praying? You just stopped believing? You just said, you know, just forget this Jesus stuff? You just walked away? I mean, this is what Jonah is trying to do. But you see, what's happening is that he's getting further and further into darkness and further and further into depression, and he just now just wants to die. That's, that's the place where he's at. So when they throw him into the ocean, you always wonder, like, why was Jonah swallowed by a great fish? And whether you believe that story or not, literally, that's besides the point. That's something you're going to have to work through in your own spiritual journey. But I can only tell you this. If you miss the fact that Jonah wants to die and God won't let him, then you've missed the most important part of that whole story. God does not want us depressed, in darkness, wanting to die. Can we say amen to that? He will not leave us there. And he will do whatever he needs to do. He will command whatever he needs to command to come and rescue us. And the way that he went after Jonah is the way that he will come after us. Now, what's amazing about the story that we're in is that Jonah gets rescued because God wants to make sure that he will always, always know without any doubt that once Jonah deals with the storm that is raging within him, then God will take care of every storm that is around him. You know, it took three days for him to finally pray. Like, how stubborn is this dude, eh? Like, seriously. Now that he is in the mouth of a fish, a large fish, a whale, who knows what, whatever it was that was around at that time, he's in there and he will not pray. He didn't want to pray on the boat. He said he'd rather die, and he followed through on that. He went into the ocean. God had to rescue him, swallow him up, and kept him in the belly of that fish, and he kept him there for three days. And then finally, he saw that God wasn't going to give in and give up. And so then he finally does. He prays. And what God does is that he has the fish spit him out on the beach, and when he's on the beach... He still won't go to Nineveh. He still doesn't want to do it. But he's closer now than he ever was before. And so here's what I want you to understand. The journey that we've all been on spiritually is this. God keeps getting us closer and closer and closer until we finally go through with what it is that he's asking us to do. 
And I don't know what it's going to take, but it's different for all of us. Some of us get there quicker than others, but we can see from Jonah that even when he finally walks through the gates of the city of Nineveh and he pronounces his judgment and the king hears it and the king gets all the people to repent and to cry out for forgiveness that he still goes up on the mountain to get a good view of God destroying Nineveh. Even when he was up on the hill wanting to still see the people of Nineveh destroyed, you could see that God's work in his life wasn't yet done. And Jonah's like sweating bullets out there in the sun. So God makes a plant grow out of the ground, out of nowhere, and just gives him shade. And he's like, yeah, that's better. Now I can watch these people burn in comfort. And as he's under this palm tree, sipping his pina colada, or his tequila sunrise, or whatever it was, The people don't get burnt up. No one dies. It's a bad day for Jonah. He's deeply disappointed by all of this. This is not how he wanted the story to end. And then all of a sudden, God makes that plant that he just made sprout out of nowhere, that tree that just came out and gave him incredible shade, and it just dies. Because he sees that his heart is still bitter. Still hates the Ninevites. Nothing's changed. Not to the extent that God wants. And then all of a sudden, Jonah gets so enraged, so upset, that he starts to curse the plant that once gave him shade. And God says, you care more about that tree that gave you shade than tens of thousands of people in that city. Because what does that say about you? And in that moment, Jonah finally gets it. There's going to be a breaking point for all of us where we're finally going to give it up. We're finally going to let it go. We're finally going to get to that place where we can trust God for all of it. And I want to... Tell you that there are verses in the scriptures that can encourage us about what that standard is. And here's the first one it's in Deuteronomy 32 35. It says, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. In due time, their feet will slip, their day of disaster will arrive, and their destiny will overtake them. In Romans 12 17 19, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Matthew 18, 21 to 22, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. 
You probably feel worse right now, but I want you to feel better. Because these verses are about reminding us that the only one who is perfect enough to judge is God. And he promises to do it and that we don't have to worry about it. And if you occupy your time with vengeance, revenge, and retribution, you are wasting your life. You're wasting your future for something that happened in the past. You are not living today, nor are you going to be able to live tomorrow, because every day this is going to bother you, hurt you. It is going to rage within you, and you're going to keep running into storms of your own making. And you may not have been responsible for the first one, but you're responsible for every one after that. I have to say that again. You're not responsible for the first one, but you're responsible for every one after that. If that storm in you is calmed by you obeying what the Lord has asked you to do. Can we say amen to that? I know it's not easy to do this stuff. That's why it's in the Bible. But it's there so that we can learn from it, grow from it, and begin to put it into practice so we can see the change in us, in our relationships, in our business. We can see the change in our bodies, in our health. We can see it in our finances. We can see it even in the areas of our past that we hate to revisit so we can have a glorious future together with God, who can calm every storm. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Would you guys stand as we close in a word of prayer? And so, Father, I want to thank you for your word today and for how you have taught us about dealing with the storms in our life and the ones that rage around us. And today we have learned from the life of Jonah and it has spoken about our own lives and how we need to let go of the things of the past so that we can have that glorious future that you have in store for all of us. Not only were the Ninevites spared and saved, but so was Jonah. And Lord, that is the outcome that you desire for all of us a blessing that can come not only to us, but to those around us. And I pray that for all of us, for the great things that you have in store for each of us as we let go of the past. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.